from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. A Baha'i Perspective is a radio program of biographical interviews of people who have either chosen the Baha'i faith as a way of life or who have a relationship with the Baha'i faith. Today, I'm playing an interview with Eldon Kelly. Eldon is an accomplished musician who graduated from the New England Conservatory. He produced a CD called 1000 Doors, which contains original musical compositions using the Baha'i writings. You can find his CD on his website, eldonkelly.com. I started the interview by asking Eldon where he grew up and what was it like growing up there. I grew up in uh, northwestern Vermont, very bucolic, pretty much like a farm town. You know, there's cows and pastures. <laughs> uh, and I, I moved there when I was seven, and so I uh, grew up there. Uh-huh. Uh, before that, I was born uh, in Leverett, Mass., and then lived in uh, Northampton area until I was seven. So, yeah, I've been in the Northeast for a while. After high school, I went to New England Conservatory of mm-hmm. Music, which is in Boston. I studied in the Contemporary Improvisation Department, which is a confusing name for a music program that focuses on music besides jazz, world music improvisation, or popular music forms. When did your musical ability start popping out? I don't know. I know that my dad and mom started me on violin when yeah. I was four. Uh-huh. And there was like kind of a tyrannical Russian teacher that I had who it didn't work out. It sort of destroyed It wasn't the, that she was Russian. It was her personality. <laughs> so and then, uh, you know, it didn't squelch the, the love of music. Yes. Then at seven, I think I started taking some piano lessons. And took piano, uh, classical kind of piano lessons until I was 10, and then I started some jazz piano, and then I think I got an electric guitar when I was 10, and started playing guitar then, you know, learning songs, and switched over to guitar primarily from piano. My dad is a guitarist, and my stepdad too, so I think the pull for the guitar playing was, was strong, but I still play piano, and that helped a lot with theory and what kind of music did you initially play, like when you were 10, 11, 12, middle school? At first, it was probably a lot of Beatles, I think, that was what I was listening to. I remember improvising all the time, like making uh, up songs, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think quickly I adapted uh, piano, jazz piano stuff that I was learning. And I think when I was 14, I started jazz guitar lessons mm-hmm. with a great guitarist in uh, the Burlington area named Paul Asbell. I was able to, yeah, kind of focus more on like jazz guitar in the beginning. And actually was doing more of that. And only sort of recently, in the last three years, have I started singing. I sang when I was young and now started doing that again, now that I'm getting yeah. into singing more songs. You were more of an instrumentalist yeah. before. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I still do that, but yeah. some people know me just as a guitarist. You played in bands growing up? A little bit, like I played in the jazz band, you know, in school bands. I would have groups but a lot i've been kind of a solo act my entire mm-hmm. life you know but i've always always liked playing with people so did you perform when you were in 
junior high and high yeah, school? Yeah, I used to perform with my stepdad a bunch, like open mics and, you know, folk kind of situations. And uh, my dad and I would jam a lot, so it was a very familial kind of music mm. scene. When you went to school, well, how did the schooling influence your music? The influence of um, Rand Blake, who's a pianist at New England Conservatory, was was strong. Mm-hmm. He's a, a brilliant pianist that kind of combines influences from film noir music and Stockhausen and avant-garde European composers with jazz and uh, into kind of a melting pot. It sort of embodies the ideals of this idea of third stream, which is the meeting of classical and jazz and world music influences. Mm-hmm. I was definitely maybe as not as much influenced, but was encouraged to bring out like harmonic exploration and experimenting with form and the influence of more modern classical performers and classical music as well. Um, and also I studied um, some Indian music there. I studied um, with an Indian vocalist and a sitarist. Peter Rowe, actually, who's from, I think he lives in um, the Western Mass area, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, studying with, the, with them was cool. I studied some Turkish music with somebody. I started playing fretless guitar around that time. And so now I, I perform on, on an instrument called the glissantar, which is a 12-string fretless guitar. And so as, as a Baha'i, you know, I'm trying to uh, show like the cultural milieu that we're in and um, I try to bring that in with the influence of different world music traditions in as an authentic a way as I can so you like the fretless guitar better than uh... definitely for like being able to perform um, mm. Arabic music or other music mm. where um, you have to perform you have to uh, play the notes in between uh, you know the, gives the you notes more... in between the cracks I'm able to do that with that instrument. So yeah. you could do something bef- between a, a D and a D sharp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in Turkish music, there are nine tones in between D and E, between a whole step. What did you do after you finished the conservatory? After the conservatory, I got married. Me and my wife got accepted at Michigan State University, and I got a assistantship, graduate assistantship, and now I'm going to my second year there. I'm in the graduate program for ethnomusicology. Yeah, it's a great scene out there. Your style of vocalization is very unique. I would describe it almost as a uh, haunting alto. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did you always have that style of singing growing up, or is this something you've developed over time? I don't know. I'd have to listen back to some stuff, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't know if... I think um, some of the haunting element is probably the influence of the depth, seriousness, and grandeur of the Baha'i writings. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I think I'm influenced also by the chord progression or whatever song I'm playing. But yeah, that's just how I sing. This is your first CD? Uh, yeah, this 1, is 1000 doors. Yeah, this is my first um solo CD. This is my first CD. Have you done CDs with other folks before this? Yeah, I I had a EP just I think it was seven songs with a Chinese vocalist named Le Zhang. She set Chinese lyrics to uh compositions that I wrote and I also we performed some jazz standards and arrangements of Chinese folk songs. 
And so we're working on a full-length CD, which has not come out yet because she's in China. Uh-huh. So it's hard to get it together. Then I, I was on another CD with a, a jazz vocalist from NEC. But this is my first CD. My this first is your time. first work. Yeah. The other two CDs, one is still a work in progress, and the yeah. one that you were with the vocalist. Oh, yeah, and there's, I, I have a guest appearance on a CD by an excellent songwriter named Ala Goas, A-L-A, and the last name is G-H-A-W-A-S. And he's from Bahrain. I played Oud and sang on a few of his songs from uh, his first CD called Hums. And the jazz vocalist, what's the name of that CD? And that- Her name is Allegra Levy, Allegra and L-E-V-Y. And her CD is called A New Face. It's basically original compositions that she wrote in a pretty classic jazz standard kind of style. Mm-hmm. So it's just voice and guitar. Is there a particular piece that you play on that, or is it throughout the CD? I play. I'm, I'm collaborating on all of the tunes, okay. yeah. Let's start with the title of the CD. What is the significance of the title, 1,000 Doors? It was something that uh, a friend of mine from Vermont said to me, uh, well, not said to me, I emailed to me <laughs> when I told him about getting married. He said, I always said that I would marry the one who would open 1,000 Doors. And then I, I thought about the idea of, of doors because I was looking at the lyrics, the text, and the uh, subject of doors kept coming up um, about unlocking the doors. And then I thought about doors of meaning or kind of portals of knowing into insights into the Baha'i writings and all the dimensions of understanding that mm-hmm. one can have and I'm, that I'm attempting to, to bring out in setting the, the text to music. So let's uh, start with the first track here. It's called The Word. Yeah. Before we play it, maybe you could tell us a bit about how you came up with the composition. The words of this, which you'll hear, are it begins kind of with a, a greeting, O friend of mine. And that's why I kind of chose it for the CD, because it's, it's talking about how the word of God is the master key. And so it's a very good opener for the subject of the CD, because all of the words on the CD are the Baha'i writings. So it, it sort of talks about the, the power uh, of the Word of God. And it's not specific to the faith, or the Baha'i faith, which I think is great. It's, it's just about the Word of God. And so I think I hope that's something that people from various faiths can relate to. The composition, people have described it as being very bright, like uh, kind of like radiant. And so I like, I like how that works with the subject of unlocking the doors, because mm-hmm. then there's like some light behind the doorway. The text of the piece mm-hmm. is uh, from the Baha'i writings? It's from the Baha'i writings, mm-hmm. yeah. It's from the Tablet of Muskud from Baha'u'llah. Master Keith. 
The next piece on the CD is called "O Son of Being." Mm-hmm. So, why don't you tell us about that? That's a hidden word. It's from a collection of Baha'u'llah's writings called "The Hidden Words," and it's probably one of the more well-known hidden words um, in the faith. It's very concise and pithy, and it packs a lot of punch. You know, there's a lot of meaning in short phrases, and ironically, I think that it can be taken to to mean a lot of different things outside of a religious context. It's really about 
the love relationship between the individual and the creator or God or somebody might I think some people have thought it's a person you know at some point mentioned the hidden words what are the hidden words i would describe the hidden words as um a collection of short revelations from Baha'u'llah, short prayers mm-hmm. that i think half or a portion are in arabic and a portion are in persian they're sort of concise essences of spiritual teachings um, and a lot of times people recommend going to this collection of works as kind of an introduction to the Baha'i writings. 
the Baha'i writings are extremely potent and it's almost like staring at the sun because the revelation is so strong and the power of the messages can be very intense. So the, the hidden words are a nice way to get a lot of meaning into a short, a little short amount of words. And um, it's good for songwriting because you can get a lot of mileage out of, a, out of short phrases, you know. The next piece is The Bird. So tell us about that. Uh, so the words, again, are from Baha'u'llah. A lot of these are just, it's kind of like the text. I have found the text, and I've had the melody a lot of times for the composition, and then I've um, set the prayer sort of to the music that I already had composed. Mm. But the bird was a little different. I had I'd composed the first part already, and then I was kind of stuck because it was the longest Baha'i prayer that I had set up to that time. I'd done like little hidden words. Then there was all this content. And the bird is extremely narrative, and there's, there's a lot of um, dynamic contrast because it's talking about the bird and the traveling of the bird and defile not your wings and the traveling to the dust. And there's, the bird's going everywhere, and there's a lot of emotional weight in the imagery defile not your wings and so in the beginning I tried to capture this soaring feeling through the melody and then until impelled when it starts that section you'll hear kind of like a drone part and that's where I, I kind of get more angsty and try to try to bring that out uh, more but this one the thing about this is dynamics mm. you know is making kind of the journey come to life so the metaphor of the bird is the human being can either fly in the spiritual realm mm -hmm. and sort of be in the higher self, yeah. or he or she could descend down into the realm of the earth, the dust, yeah. the dust. And is this the one that has the metaphor of the sullied wings and yeah. not yeah. able to fly again because yeah. the bird has sullied its wings and now is captured by the earth yeah. And can no longer soar into the metaphorical spiritual world. That's it, yeah. Ye are even as the bird which soareth With the full force of its mighty wings And with complete and joyous confidence Through the immense of the heavens Ye are even as the bird which soareth with the full force of its mighty wings and with complete and joyous confidence Whence it came 
powerless to shake off the burden Wearing on its solid wings That bird, that bird Hitherto an inmate of the heavens Is now forced to seek a dwelling place upon next one is called Song of Peace. Song of Peace is a little different because it um, fuses together a few different quotes. The first quote, I believe, is from Abdu'l-Bahá. Who's Abdu'l-Bahá? Abdu'l-Bahá is the son of Baha'u'llah. Baha'u'llah is the manifestation of God recognized by the Baha'is. And Abdu'l-Bahá is sort of the exemplar of the Baha'i faith. He's considered the example of what a, what a Baha'i should be and became a really important leader and teacher of the faith after Baha'u'llah passed on. And a lot of his prayers that he wrote are very accessible and very direct. They speak in a very different language than Baha'u'llah. They use a lot of the same imagery, and the same language, the nature of it is different. It's not given the same station as the revelation of Baha'u'llah. So this first quote, is is kind of like a, a song for peace. Abdu'l-Bahá talked a lot about peace. Uh, it inspired me to write my own words in the second part. This mm-hmm. is the only one where my own words are, are are featured. So I'm trying to kind of take Abdu'l-Bahá's message and make it into a, a personal personal supplication. It's I wish I could fly. We could fly away, soaring toward the kingdom, asking for aid from the realm of glory. Um, sojourners we in the valley of peace. So I'm using kind of the imagery of the valley, which Baha'u'llah used a lot. There's a work called The Seven Valleys, where he talks about um, the seven valleys of spiritual development, which is actually the last track on the CD. So I I use that metaphor. I kind of use some of the language and concepts of the writings of Baha'u'llah and Abdu'l-Bahá for that second part. The last quote is is from Baha'u'llah. So it's it's kind of there's a, a few different influences in that one. And what's the quote from Baha'u'llah? The ye are the leaves of one branch and the fruits of one tree. Mm-hmm. Deal ye one with another with the utmost love and harmony. Mm-hmm. Ah, 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 
Next piece is called "Noble Have I Created Thee." Oh yeah, um, this is another hidden word, and it's actually two hidden words, two different hidden words that I joined together. This has been a very popular one, and I was surprised because it—it's in a very strange time signature, which I haven't really figured out. It's kind of different each time, and um, usually I, I'm really trying to be aware of what I'm doing, you know, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And this one has a a series of accents which kind of came to me and influenced by minimalist composers like John Adams and Philip Glass. And so it's, it's a textural piece in the guitar in the beginning. It's more, it's kind of a textural feel. The second hidden word I thought had a similar subject, so I, I fused it together that way. What is the significance of the title, Noble Have I Created Thee? That's uh, the first phrase. Noble have I created thee, rise then unto that for which thou wast created. So again, it's calling us to our more noble self. Yeah, that seems to be a a theme throughout Mm. the hidden words, Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. 
has to base myself. Rise then unto that for which thou wast created. Noble have I created thee, yet thou hast to base Than unto that for which thou wast created. Noble have I created thee, yet thou hast to base thyself. Rise then unto that for which thou wast And the next one is called The First Hidden Word. It is, and it is the first it's hidden word. It's literally the first hidden word. Yeah. Okay. 
What's the subject of the first hidden word? It says, my first counsel is this, possess a pure, kindly, and radiant heart, that thine may be a sovereignty, ancient, imperishable, and everlasting. So our heart belongs to God, basically. Mm-hmm. From your collection of music, you found something that would fit, or is there any... Yeah, um, okay. I think this one, sometimes it's sectional, and I worked on the first, uh, the first part, and then gradually came to the second part and that it's actually um one where i repeat the text because the first time i say everlasting but i don't say ancient and imperishable oh. so i do that the second time so mm-hmm. i break up break up the prayer a little bit oh son of spirit my first counsel is this Possess a pure, kindly, and radiant heart That thine may be of sovereignty Everlasting O Son of Spirit My first counsel is this Possess a pure, kindly, and radiant heart That thine Sovereignty Everlasting O Son of Spirit My first counsel is this Possess a pure, kindly, and radiant heart Sovereignty ancient, imperishable, and everlasting. Ancient, imperishable, and everlasting, and everlasting, and everlasting. Next one is dust. Dust, yeah. Dust has been kind of a hit because it has a, a catchy hook at the end, which if you're not a Baha'i or you're not listening, you might not get because it's the word imperishable. 
Okay. And uh, at the end, it's imperishable glory I have chosen for thee, which is a great incidental rhyme, but it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, and it's over a seven four time. Kind of like an imperishable glory I have chosen for thee. So it's kind of a uh, chanting kind of at the end. And um, so it goes, it kind of fades out kind of with that, that chanting aspect. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that one kind of is reminiscent of uh, Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley is a, a songwriter, and he also had a really high voice, a similar range. Dust is in reference to the lower plane of existence, the earthly plane of existence. I think on this one I got dust from the title. Uh, the, on each of the hidden words, there's mm-hmm. a, um, an exclamatory phrase. At the beginning? At the beginning, and the exclamatory phrase at the beginning of this hidden word was, Oh, moving form of dust, addressing the the human as a moving form of dust which is a very abstract and um, interesting yeah. concept to me um the, the idea that we come from dust and return to dust and it's a nice way of describing sort of the ether or the unknowable essence which all of us are made of so even though we come from dust and go back to dust there is some transcendent yeah mm-hmm. nature to us that sort of transcends the dust yeah yeah totally does I desire communion with thee, but thou wast put no trust in me, the Shame 
next one is the fire tablet these are excerpts that i put together to create a song the fire tablet is actually a longer prayer and i took out phrases that i thought encapsulated sort of the narrative flow of the prayer it starts with a very kind of anguished supplicating tone asking god like why is there so much suffering in the world and why has which is a very relevant theme i think probably at all times but especially now and then gradually moves over to a conversation between baha'u'llah and god um and that's that's where it gets kind of into a a quieter dynamic you'll hear that and there's a drone in the guitar and um, you hear the phrase oh supreme pen and supreme pen is god referencing baha'u'llah baha'u'llah is the Mm -hmm. supreme pen capital s capital p that particular tablet has a lot of meaning to me. Oh, okay. For exactly what you were saying is the first part of it is Baha'u'llah supplicating to God yeah. to no matter how much he's working, it seems like it's not things aren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, where are where are the people that are to help him yeah. with his cause? And then as soon as it transfers from Baha'u'llah supplicating to God to that very line, O Supreme Pen, yeah, yeah. You, you realize, oh, this is God speaking to Baha'u'llah now. And for the next, I don't know how many lines, it's God telling Baha'u'llah, look, you've got to bear and endure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, were, you were born to have to suffer through this. Once you get to that point in the tablet, it's so touching. There's a, such an emotional range in the tablet that it can go from anguished to touching to fiery to there's the fire separation and the joy of communion and everything in between. And read the hearts of the sincere are consumed in the fire of circles. Where is the ocean of love? 
Caused the world. 
can one find your CD? You can find it at my website, which is my name, E-L-D-E-N-K-E-L-L-Y dot com, and click on music and news on the right, and you'll find um, a PayPal link. You can pay with PayPal. Mm-hmm. It will also be on CD Baby in about a month. CD Baby is an independent uh, distributor. And then after, at that same time, it will be on iTunes and many other download sites. That's about in about a month. But if you'd like to download it now, you should go to digstation.com. D-I-G-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com. It'd be better if you went to Digstation anyway because I get 100% of each of the downloads. And also Digstation is great because it's an independent um, download service which just started up. The first portal you said was eldenkelly.com. Right, right. But d- does that link get you to Digstation? Is that what's going on? Or? Yeah, it will. Yeah, there's a link there. Uh, the music that I was inspired to create through the Baha'i writings has been, I think, better than anything I've been able to create before. And it inspired me to reach kind of my highest, uh, some of my higher potential, you know. I just owe that to God's grace. So now that you've got this project behind you, what's, uh, what's next for next, you? Uh, next, I'm going to do a CD of songs with original lyrics and another CD of instrumental works. So some of the fretless guitar and solo guitar pieces. Well, I look forward to hearing it. Thanks. And thanks. more Baha'i stuff, of course. <laughs> I'm already working on more. Well, thank you, Eldon. Yeah, thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Eldon Kelly, an accomplished musician whose CD, 1000 Doors, you can get by going to his website, eldonkelly.com. That's E-L-D-E-N-K-E-L-L-Y.com. 
For a copy of this and other programs, you can go to the website www.abahaiperspective.com. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website www.baha'i.org, or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.